Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Rennie Curran from Game Changer Coaching. And if you want to learn how to have a game-changing network, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today, I am sitting down with Rennie Curran. Rennie is a keynote speaker, author, and personal development coach. And as a former professional athlete, he's passionate about improving leadership capabilities, career performance, and personal branding for leaders, teams, and organizations. Guys, any anytime I get the opportunity to speak with somebody who has been at the highest possible level of any field, I get, I get really excited about some of the insights that we're going to be able to take away from it. But first, really quickly, um, if you're a podcaster or YouTuber or blogger, you create your own content, and you're looking to get guests like Rennie Guests um, that can really help move the needle and bring some authority and credibility into your show, then go check out my new software that we just launched, Guestio. Uh, it's over at guestio.com, G-U-E-S-T-I-O.com. And browse through our list of expert guests and authors and consultants and coaches and all the above uh, that are out there looking to get onto shows just like yours. You can go over there and connect with them at guestio.com. 
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. Get started for free and set up your entire account over there and, and get started browsing. So head over to guestio.com and get started using that today. Rennie, what is up, man? Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Doing well, doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So let's go ahead and dive deep into your story, build some context for those people that are listening. And let's talk about uh, what life was like growing up for you. Where'd you grow up and, uh, and what were your parents like and all that kind of good stuff. Let's, you know, maybe put it around middle school timeframe. Definitely, man. So around middle school years, we had recently moved to the suburbs of Gwinnett or, you know, kind of Metro Atlanta. I grew up in, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and both my parents were Liberian immigrants who came here in their early 80s. They were already in their 30s and whatnot. And my mom came to get her scholarship or came on scholarship to Emory to get her master's in nursing. And she worked in uh, Grady Hospital, nurse. And my dad, entrepreneur, he uh, fixed shoes and mm. uh, did, did that, man. And, and so uh, by the time I was in middle school, it was one of the toughest times of my life, actually. My mom had gotten a surgery, almost died, and my dad had lost his business. And uh, we were just going through it, man. And at this time, I was in about my second year of football. And, um, you know, things were going well on the field. And my dream was to be the hometown kid that played at University of Georgia. But at this time, it didn't, didn't look like that at all, man. It, it was just a struggle, just trying to survive, really, and, and trying to um, do everything that I could to keep my dreams alive and then just put myself on the path to, to helping my family. At this time, I had a lot of really great people who stepped in, man, my, my Little League coach and my Little League team that, that really helped me in this time, teachers and principals and uh, lunch ladies and all, all types of people that really just uh, poured into me, folks in my church. So it, it was just that that uh, time of humble beginnings. Yeah, right. I think that's what makes your story so cool, man. Is is uh, is anytime you, anytime that you can start from where you were and end up where you are now is such a you know inspirational uh, storyline. So to kind of get a little bit more into the specifics there, talk me through the next steps. Like, what happened? Did your dad start a new business? Did he like go get a job? Like, how did you guys end up getting through that time? And what was your high school years like? Man, uh, nah, he, he actually didn't start another business. He fell into depression and um, really ended up just doing a lot of different odd jobs. So he, he worked at like a mental health home. He was a taxi driver, almost got killed doing that. Mm. Uh, worked in construction. So he was just really trying to just bounce around and find his way because from the time he came to the country, like he worked for the government uh, when he left, the Liberian government. But as he came here, he didn't get his uh, immigration papers right away. So literally the only skill that he was able to pick up that could uh, help us progress was the shoe repair, which, you know, he's fixing designer type of shoes. So it wasn't just like your person who's on the corner who's shining shoes or anything like that, paid really, right. really well. And that was kind of what he built his career around and, and was able to help a lot of our family. That whole deal, man, it, it put us in a bind yeah. where, I mean, we're living in the suburbs, but we're like paycheck to paycheck, like right. tough, tough times, man. And so, um, like I said, I had, uh, Little League coach, you know, a lot of people in the community, folks in my church who were really helping us a lot during that time. And uh, I, don't, I really don't know how we made it, man. Like, we, we <laughs> just, uh, it was literally just like month to month, one of those things where like, you know, we're just scraping by. Like, it was times right. where we couldn't afford the. I knew it was bad when we couldn't afford the garbage bill. Like, yeah, we had right. to literally, yeah, it, it was, it was a grind, man. But it just, it motivated me even more just knowing you know, where my parents came from, because when they left their country, maybe like five years afterwards, right before I was born, there was a civil war there. Mm. And so growing up hearing the stories about, you know, my, my family uh, culture and just uh, our, our tradition and 
just the struggles that they went through, seeing the sacrifices that they made, building themselves up, but then doing it in a way where they were helping my cousins, my uncles, my aunties all come to this country and start a whole new life, man. It, it just, all those values that were instilled by the example that they showed, yeah. it uh, really, you know, it transferred over for me onto the field, man. And so when I uh, was out there, man, it was just like, I knew what I was doing was a lot bigger than just football. I knew it, it, uh, it had a lot more ripple effects, even, even at a young age. And, uh, High school, you know, I, I had that chip on my shoulder going in, just just knowing I could have the opportunity to do great things and to achieve the dream of being at University of Georgia if I just worked hard and stayed humble, kept my faith, you know, all those things. And didn't get along with my, my coach my freshman year, and he ended up moving me. I played running back my first year. He moved me to linebacker, and I was pissed. Like, I was ready to quit. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to throw in the towel, man. And uh, went to my little league coach, and he was like, man, Rennie, I just want, I want you to focus on what you can you can control, and that's something I never forgot. Yeah, on that moment because that flipped a switch for me. Like instead of worrying about you know the, the external factors, whether it was a, a person who put me in another position or you know my circumstances at home, it just really made me focus on just the opportunities I had, the the resources I had, the solutions I had, the ability that I had. So that's what I focus on, man. And it was like you know when I went back on the field, like that next day or that next week, it was. I tell people all the time, it was, it was like water boy. I, I just told myself, man, like, I'm going to hit every single thing moving. <laughs> like, and I did that. Yeah. And that's like what kind of started my journey on to going to University of Georgia and eventually going to the NFL was that moment. It seems like there was a big emphasis in your family, too, on taking responsibility. And even even though maybe you didn't fully grasp the lesson until one of your coaches told it to you in that way of like, you know, focus on what you can control. But it seems like that was a theme for your whole family of, of your parents, like even coming over to the States and uh, starting a business mm-hmm. and putting herself through nursing school, you know, uh, like all those things seemed like, you know, hey, none of this necessarily was caused by us or our actions, but we have a couple of choices on how we can respond. We can like whine and complain about where we are or we can take the ultimate responsibility and pull ourselves out of this situation. It seems like your family did a fantastic job of kind of instilling those values in you. And then when your coach kind of like put it into words that made it make sense, it was just kind of like, all right, that's game over. Now I, I know, I know what I need to do. And I, and I know, I know, with the, I know what kind of work I need to put in to be able to put myself on the path to, to succeed there. So can you kind of talk into the difference in your view between skill and talent and how mm. that ended ended up kind of working itself out in, in, in your life? Man. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Cause uh, I think we all have, you know, a talent or just something that has been endowed within us, right. That we have no control over Like we were born with, we have this amazing ability, but when it comes to that skill, man, that's a, that's a completely different beast because you, you can have all the talent and the ability in the world, like, for example, you can have, as an athlete, you can have the quickness and, and speed and the ability, but if you don't have the skill of being able to diagnose a play and recognize mm-hmm. formations and have the understanding and the knowledge, right. then you're just going to be wasted potential. <laughs> and so um, you see that happen a lot. Like, people are extremely intelligent, right? Or they're extremely, uh, you know, they have good leadership ability but they may be lacking the skill of emotional intelligence or the ability to, to lead people like, or relate to people, you know, they yeah. may be uh, missing the skill of empathy. So I think when it comes to talent it's extremely important that you know what your, your strengths are 
and whatnot. But when it comes to skill, having that understanding and the hum- humility to, you know, take the time to really build that skill and, and really beat on your craft yeah. religiously, like become obsessed with it. And that, that's the difference. The skill is something you have to work on day in and day out. You know, and that, that's something, you know, no matter how high you climb, you're always going to get to that level. Like when I, when I got to college, it was like I had to humble myself again and almost put myself back on that day one, in that day one scout team, you know, mindset where I'm building again. The same thing in the NFL. So you have to be constantly trying, looking to build and, and redefine yourself and, and never get complacent when it comes to that skill. It seems like that was something that um, that you took really seriously in terms of like your athletic career was like, Hey, I might have some natural ability here, but I'm not going to be able to get to the level I want to get to unless I also follow that up with a ton of hard work. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's it, man. And I saw, that was one thing, you know, that, that really separated me and at a young age, because I saw the kids who were naturally gifted. They were, they were huge, right. They, they were like six, two in the seventh grade. And, and, you know, they had the, the talent, the ability to be as fast and as, uh, as uh, gifted as they wanted to be. But they, when it came to the skill, they weren't self-motivated when it came to working on those little things day in and day out. And that's ultimately what held them back and uh, what, what stopped them. And they may have been able to be talented enough to get to college. Right. But it, it was like at every level, there was just that cutoff where if you weren't working on that skill, yeah. Uh, then you'll be left behind by somebody who did. And it was especially true in the NFL, man. Like you talk about skills, like these these guys, it's no different. Now that I've experienced it, it's no different than being a doctor or a lawyer or anybody. Like it doesn't matter how you're feeling. It doesn't matter, you know, the, the weather. It doesn't matter what, like right. your skill level has to be impeccable. Right. Like, you're, you're, you know, in all the, the little skills that you don't even think about, like you're, ability to have resilience or your ability to adapt like all those skills have to be impeccable for you to you know survive man it's one thing to make it there but to stay there like your skill has to be ridiculous yeah the reason i asked that question man is it's kind of kind of a selfish question because i i hate how often people discount like really anybody like any industry and talk about how talented somebody is but but athletes get this probably more than any other thing that i've seen mm-hmm. where people just kind of write it off as if like well, this person's just untouchable because look how talented they are. And they use that word talented a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, sure. You know, like some people definitely have a certain level of talent, right? Like I wasn't born six, five, right? So like there's some right. things that are natural that are maybe gifted with, but anybody that's on that level isn't mm-hmm. there because they're talented. They're there because they worked harder than everybody else was willing to work. And I think that it kind of discounts yeah. the the hard work that it takes to be able to to get to a level like that. Like you said, even just the mentality that you have to adopt, like the yeah. the the ability to just push yourself for one more rep or mm. keep running for one more second at your fastest speed in in a sprint. You like it, like all that that mentality to keep pushing and keep going and grind through the pain, like. Those are all things that people just kind of write off as just, well, they're talented. You know what I mean? It just like, <laughs> right. kind, of, kind of is irritating to me sometimes. So I just wanted to get oh, a perspective on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Just to, to you know, touch on that again, man, like my skill, because I was considered, that's one thing I didn't mention too, I was considered undersized for my position at linebacker. And because of that, and this is something I use when I'm talking to a lot of audiences that I speak to, is be, because I was smaller, you know, perceived smaller, I had to, my skill level had to be that much greater than the next person who played my same position. Mm. And it's just like when you look at small businesses, right? So if you're, if you're smaller, if you have a smaller budget, if you 
you know, have a smaller staff, like you have to be so innovative. When, if you talk about, if you want to talk about hanging with the big dogs, right, with the big corporations, and it was the same way for me, my, my skill level, my hand placement, my technique, my mindset, my leadership abilities had to be that much greater. So yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because you're right. A lot of people do discredit it. You know, when they look at the guys, especially the ones who are great, the LeBron James and right. all these different people, like who just look like they just wake up and they just get out of bed and they can do all these things, not knowing, man, that their level of preparation is like, it's just sickening, man. Just the amount of reps that you put in, even in the off season, like as an athlete, you when you get to that pro level, you might take like a month or two off and then you're right back to you know, training three, four hours a day and you got the trainer, you got massages and you got nutritionists and a person for this and that. It, it's just nuts, man, but you, you got to love it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah. So I, I want to talk to you now a little bit about your transition away from the NFL. When you're working your entire life to achieve mm-hmm. a certain goal and then you achieve it, what do you like? Where, how do you, where do you go after that? Like, how do you, how do you channel that dedication and focus into something else that you could potentially perceive as being less than the goal that you've already kind of hit? Yeah, it, it was an extremely tough transition when it came to that. Like you reach that goal, you get to that highest level, and then it's like, now what? <laughs> and uh, what I realized, man, was that I had to redefine my definition of success. You know, I had to redefine even my own self-worth. Like that was a major part of my transition was understanding the fact that like my worth and my abilities and, and where I was going in life was not determined by my jersey or by being a part of this team. And I think one thing that helped me that made my transition a lot smoother was the fact that like every team I, I was a part of on my uh, journey, 
like I never went in and was automatically given that starting starting position. Like I was never automatically given that title and whatnot. So, you know, therefore, because I was in that second string, you know, scout team position, mm. I had to disassociate myself with, with like thinking that 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 uh, highest level or that title was like the end all be all. I had to yeah. just focus on being the best version of myself. And yeah, so, right. it, which was huge for me because so many, so many, you know, whether it's athletes, whether it's people, they feel like if they don't achieve this high level, if they don't get this position, then it's it's a waste, it's lost. But I, I learned through my journey, man, that it was about before I, it was about the fact that before I ever got to that position, I was already like training and, and positioning myself and believing that I was there. So it, it was more so about becoming the best version of myself than it was about becoming, getting to this title. And I was like, man, regardless of if I get here or not, regardless of if I become a starter, I'm just going to go like hard as hell. Like, regardless, like, so I just have no regrets. So I kind of took that same mindset when that transition, man, to just continue working on becoming the best version of myself. And that looked like outside of football, that looked like me beginning to read tons of books on uh, leadership and, and, uh, self-help and personal development. You know, Napoleon Hill was one of the first books I, I really dived into, Law of Success, and then mm. Malcolm Gladwell, and then Augman Dino, and uh, just started diving into those things, man, going to workshops, you know, whether it's a career transitioning workshop or a workshop about, you know, some aspect of business or some aspect of leadership, and then sitting down with business leaders and different com- uh, community leaders and just being a sponge. Like, mm. that's what that looked like for me, man. Yeah, directly back into the learning phase, right? Like directly back into training so that yeah. you could get to the next level again, right? So like you did this your entire life and then you're yeah. making a pivot once it's all done and you're trying to figure out what to do next. And uh, instead of just kind of like letting, again, this goes back to what we were kind of talking about at the beginning, right? They're taking responsibility for what happens in your life and getting to the point where like, okay, here's the position that I'm in right now. How do I best take advantage of the situation that I'm in? And then you went immediately back into training, but this time kind of focusing a little bit more so even on training your mind and and becoming a better version of yourself in the personal development world. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, it wasn't easy at all, man. Like the first time I really started that journey was after I got cut from my first team, the uh, Tennessee Titans. And I know for a lot of people listening right now, a lot of people have been fired from their jobs this year. They've lost their businesses. And uh, that was the position I was in, man, back home in a position that I never thought in a million years I would be. Like, I got drafted third round. So I'm thinking, man, at least I'm going to get, you know, three three to four years. I'm going to get to that second contract and I'll be good. But I woke up, man, and I was back home at my parents' house and, uh, you know, waiting to hopefully hear from a team and training every day, four hours a day, just waiting on a call that I didn't know if it was going to come two months later or eight months later or a year later or never. <laughs> and so after like a month two or two, man, I was just like, man, I'm not going to wait on these these jokers to give me an opportunity. I'm just going to create one. And mm-hmm. that's when I yeah. started my process of self-reflection and did a self-inventory of myself, looking at my skills and my talents and my competencies and my relationships. And from there, it, it just empowered me to know that I didn't just have to wait on the call. Like I didn't have to just yeah. wait on somebody to give me an opportunity that I, ha- I have hope. Like I have a chance. I have things that I can do that can add value to the marketplace, man. And that changed my entire life. Yeah. You go create that opportunity and you know, you, yeah. you, you're not dependent on if other people are willing to jump on the train, if the train's going to leave this in order for the train to leave the station, right? Like the, the attitude that you yeah. kind of brought in, which w- w- was, you know, Hey, this train's leaving the station. You can jump on, you can jump off. Doesn't bother me. We're going somewhere regardless. 
And, and sure. I found that approach to be more successful, even in getting the results that you want of people buying into your vision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you're always making that person think that your vision or whatever you're working on depends on their involvement or them yep. providing you the opportunity, then they have all of the power in the situation and they perceive it to be less valuable. But if you're kind of the person that's just like, look, I'm going to make this work and I'm going to provide my own opportunities then those people are going to get out of the way or or they're going to want to jump on board anyway. So man, so yeah. huge, huge respect for you on those things, bro. Um, I, I got to ask you a couple questions about relationship building specifically, because this is Build Your Network. And we talk a lot about those types of things here on the show. First off, who you know or what you know, Rennie, which of those two do you think is more important to focus on? I mean, without a doubt, who you know, I think about that all the time, that I'm only one relationship away from my entire life changing. Yes. And whether that's like, you know, that whether that's if they give me a piece of information or whether that's uh, a lot of times the way that I've been blessed, man, and the way that I, my business has been built, like I'm not even around that person. Right. It, it's like a group of people are in a room. Maybe it's a board, you know, picture a, a board meeting going on and maybe they need somebody to fulfill a specific service. For me, of course, is is uh, being a speaker for an event. So these board members are in there, and they're like, "Oh, we need a speaker for for an event." And you know, they ask, "Okay, who does everybody know?" And somebody in that room says, "I know a guy, Rennie Kern." Or yep. if they do say Rennie Kern, then that changes everything for me. You know, just just having that one person that you know that can vouch for you or be a, an, an ambassador for you, it, it changes everything. And I I think people forget that aspect of it. You know, not the fact that like who you know and who speaks up for you and what's said after your name comes up, man, can, can really, really make the difference in your life. Looking back now, um, is it pretty easy for you to be able to pick out certain relationships that you can just look at and be like, wow, I don't know where I'd be today without that person? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I could think of so many. I, I'll be on here all day talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> folks, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so, so how do you on purpose, like if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, man, this sounds awesome. I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know any of those people at this, at this point, or I'm not in an environment that has those types of people in it. How, how do you recommend, you know, going and finding people like that and getting around better people and, and, and more cultivating that inner circle of people around you? Man, I honestly believe you're, you're going to attract who you are. If you're a, a humble, genuine, authentic person, man, you're going to attract that. Of course, there's always ways to put yourself in a position where you can, um, you know, reach uh, certain types of people. But I found, man, that like when you're a genuine person, when you when you have the right intentions, the right motives, your heart is pure, like you're, you're going to eventually connect with the right people. And typically what I found, too, is that if you're out here, you're grinding, you're doing the right things, you're working hard, you're, you're connecting with people. Uh, and you, you know, you're eventually going to attract the right people. And then those people, like they all know each other, like all those people who are, are grinding, who are working extremely hard and are good people as well. They all know each other. It's just like how I met you. Like there, I met Dara through, um, I can't remember how I met. Um, yeah, we were on the same panel through another good friend of mine who's a good person who's working hard, doing the right thing. She got me on a panel. Then I connected with Dara, who's another good person who's working hard, who's doing the right thing. Yeah. Dara connected me to you. You see what right. I'm saying? So right. exactly. I didn't have to, I, I didn't have to go, you know, searching for Derek. And I actually knew about Derek before I even met her. It just so happened that we ended up being on the same panel, but I respected her work. Yeah. But I didn't, I never like, you know, sent her email or call her or whatever. Like it just so happened. We're we're in the same city, which Atlanta's small. So that helps. But 
you know, we we eventually connect. And I, I just feel like it's inevitable, man, when you focus on those things. Yeah, I love that, bro. Um, is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience, you know, one one final maybe tip or trick or something that you've done to uh, dramatically maybe increase the people that you're connecting with or increase the quality of the people that you're connecting with? Yeah, oh man, this is this is uh, one that I've definitely taken to heart. You know, and it, it, it started out with the foundation of my family because my parents, extremely, extremely humble people. Like one of the things that they always taught me was just to just speak to people, you know, and I know that that's something in our society where they're like, don't talk to strangers, don't talk to strangers. But, you know, in my culture, it's considered disrespect if you don't speak to, if you don't speak to like your elders, if you only say, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Like little things like that. For me, over time, I learned to have that discernment of who I should speak to and who I should not speak to. So I learned that over time, but like the ability to just speak and, and just say, how are you? You know, that's it. I'm in the South, of course. So that's like another <laughs> yeah. thing too, is just, Hey, how right. you doing? Just good morning. You know, little things like that go such a long way. And um, I've had some of the best relationships in my life just started simply by just speaking to people. And another thing when I get asked about networking too is, uh, that I, I, when I get asked about just advice to give on networking, one thing that I'm big on is not just networking with people just based off of titles. You know, just, just I see a lot of people make that mistake where they go to a networking event or they are trying to get into an organization or whatever the case may be. And they only look at the person's title to gauge on whether they're valuable or not or whether they're worth talking to or not. And having that mentality, it, it causes you to miss out on so many opportunities. And I mean, I can tell you, like I said, story after story where like, because I just connected with the person, not worried about, you know, what they did or their title or whatnot, that it led to me meeting somebody who had that title. <laughs> they were connected right. to the person who had that title. And uh, if I hadn't treat them with respect and, and, you know, was genuine with them, they would, it never, that connection, that future connection never would have happened. And I want to tell you this story, man, because it's, it's so powerful. In high school, like I told you, when I was going through that struggle, my dad used to, you know, me and my dad used to wake up every other morning. Once it was like, you know, twice a week, whatever the case may be. But we used to load up uh, his truck and um, we would get to school before everybody would get there so we could dump the trash and whatnot. And it would be like six o'clock in the morning, you know, like nobody's on campus. And so we get there, he dropped me off and then I would go to the football facility to watch film, you know, until, and then study before class starts. So that, that's how I would start most of my days. And the guy who would open up the door for me, his name was Mr. Poole and he was the janitor and um, he would be there every single time. And I, you know, we just developed this relationship just because I, I spoke to him, right? So I, Mr. Poole, how you doing, man? How's your family? Yeah. And our relationship just grew from there. He's like, you know, 70, 80 years old, <laughs> uh, but just, just a, a sweet guy, man. And so, Years pass, right? I go to University of Georgia, go to the NFL, I leave the NFL, I become an entrepreneur, and I get into public speaking, and I'm still in touch with Mr. Poole. Like every once in a while, you know, I go back to my high school and things like that. And, uh, you know, same relationship, still talk to him to this this day. But I'll never forget this moment, man. Like as I was built, I was probably in my my fourth or fifth year of professional speaking and whatnot. And so I was getting to that point where like I, I wanted to work with like speaker bureaus and, you know, just wanted to get more into the corporate realm. Yeah. And so one day, man, I got an email uh, from a person who worked with one of the top speakers bureaus, Big Speak. And I'm messaging this person back and forth. And, and she's like, you know, I heard a lot about you, heard you're a great speaker. And um, 
you know, can, can you send me some some information about just your your speaking and your bio and all that stuff? And I'm like, cool, okay. And um, and she was like, does a Brad Poole ring a bell? And I was like, Brad Poole. Hmm. And I was like, there's only a, I only know like a few pools. Like and I was like, Mr. Poole. And she was like, and she responded, and she was like, yeah. So Mr. Poole is my husband's grandfather. <laughs> wow. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, and I was, <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, like, man, this is this is unreal. And like, I, it always makes me think, like, what if I had, you know, treated him with, like, he was nobody, you know, what I'm right. just been right, exactly, super stuck up, stuck up, and arrogant. Like, how would that have affected me? Like, she, she's my speaker agent now. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's it's super crazy, man. So this this is a story I love to share about just the power of. You know, treat people with respect, building relationships, regardless of that person's title and um, how it can literally pay off. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Couldn't have said any better, man. That was a fantastic way to, to wrap up this episode um, and move into the last segment, something I like to call the random round. Just quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? Yep. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? That's a really, really good question. Yeah. <laughs> I was a musician before I played football, man. So I've always thought it'd be cool to like be on a, a, a band like that travels and, you know, just makes people dance, man. And <laughs> just travel to different cities. So that, I think that would be dope. If you could sit on a park bench with someone past or present and chat for an hour, who would it be? I think I have to go with either Nelson Mandela or, or uh, Martin Luther King. Just because like, I mean, I didn't realize how young Martin Luther King was when he was doing everything that he did. And I just... And he, I think he, I want to say he passed away around the uh, age I am now, or like maybe a couple of years after or something like that. But mm. to like be able to pick his brain on what gave him the audacity to believe like he could change, you know, change the world, I think would be extremely powerful, man. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? Yeah, I, I love uh, that audio visual. So audio books, if I'm going to read, read a book, YouTube videos, podcasts. That's that's my type or just like listen to somebody, you know, just sitting down with them at, at lunch or dinner and just listening to them. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. Oh, man. Great question. I'm all about that. <laughs> and that's that's one of the first things, like if I'm working with somebody as a coaching client, that's one of the first things I help them do is, is redefine the routine. And for me, um, the first thing I do in the morning is called DPJ. And I hope somebody listening will take this. But I do devotion, prayer and journaling. And that really just helps me to set my mind, like to clear my mind, to reset, to uh, set my intentions for the day. So doing doing my devotion, prayer, journaling. And then from there, I'll write down like my most, my, my uh, MITs, my most important tasks for the day. And then I knock it out, man. What is your go-to pump-up song? Oh, I don't have just one, but it's, it's definitely some, uh, you know, I'm in Atlanta, so we listen to Jeezy. And uh, <laughs> T.I., so it's, it's something like Put On For My City or, um, what's that song called? I have to sing you the song, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, over um, when, it, yeah. When, when I was at University of Georgia, we used to uh, listen to um, Phil Collins, too, Coming In The Air. Love it. Love this gives us some yeah. good options to choose from. Added, right. to our, added to our growing playlist. <laughs> what is something that you are just not very good at, Renny? I really suck at any sport that involves like any type of like touch. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I lifted so much over the years. So like bowling, golf, <laughs> like, I, yeah, I I'm you. horrible. 
Yeah, I got no range of motion. <laughs> As we get everything wrapped up here, bro, what's one place online where listeners can go to connect with you the most? Uh, just my website, rennycurrent.com. You know, that's the best place. Uh, social media as well, of course. Yep. Awesome. rennycurrent.com. That's R-E-N-N-I-E. C-U-R-R-A-N, RennieCurran.com. Head over there, check out some of the stuff that Rennie's got going on. Rennie, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. This is a, this is a fantastic time. Yes, sir. I enjoyed it, man. Great questions. And I wish you all the, the best as well, man, as you continue doing what you do. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to TravisChapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.